0: Well, we're continuing in the book of James, if you'd like to take up your Bible, the book of James chapter 4, and there are only five chapters in the book of James, so we are slowly moving through it, and uh, it's good to be with you today. Let me read to you from James chapter 4 and from verse 11. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but you're sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Then it's a completely different section. The heading here in my particular translation says, boasting about tomorrow. Verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or we will do that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and does it, doesn 't do it synonyms so it 's quite a, a powerful piece of scripture, and it, 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 it includes a tremendous range of things. It ranges from not speaking evil all the way through to the brevity of life. so I could be here quite a while to try and navigate my way through all of those things, but there are a couple of things I believe we can pick up on and for the purposes of that, I just wanted to start by going back. The last time I preached, I spoke on relationships and how important relationships are, and how important they are to God, and how we treat others is so important, and God takes note of how we, we treat others. And we cannot get away with treating people incorrectly, indefinitely. It doesn't happen. You can look all through history, where people have been treated incorrectly, it will not carry on indefinitely. So that's one thing you can know for sure. And we cannot treat others as we like, or as we think they deserve. I believe we have to to follow Christ's example, and we've got to remind ourselves that the breath of God is in each human being. And we must honor the breath of God, the life of God that He has placed within those individuals. Especially for us who are believers, we've got to acknowledge the life and breath of God and His Spirit within our brothers and sisters. And so we need to stay in relationship and watch how we treat each other. And I really believe it's a challenge for each one of us. And at the same time, It's an area where we need to constantly change and an area in which we constantly need to realign in this aspect of relationship, even in the most difficult period of your life. Some of these racial explosions that we have seen have come when people were at a very difficult time. They were busy being hijacked or they they were in a difficult situation and then, Everything just came out. And sometimes we think, well, if we're in a difficult time, then it can excuse us, and it can't. We have to watch the way we treat people all the time. So my first point is that we should not speak evil of others. We should not speak evil of others. Now, this particular passage gives us tremendous practical advice. It just says, do not speak evil against one another. It's not vague or suggestive. It is very clear. It's very instructional as to what we need to do. But you know, speaking evil of others comes in many different ways. Comes in many different ways. It can be simply saying unkind things. That's speaking evil. But there are many other ways, I believe. There are deliberate, intentional, malicious, unkind truths and lies that we can speak, which are also evil. And I believe speaking evil also includes things like criticism, gossip, backbiting, and slandering. I believe speaking evil of others can even be speaking down. I don't know if you've ever experienced someone speaking down to you. It's just like you just know it. So probably those that you speak down to, they know it. And I believe we must not speak evil of others. Then this particular translation says, brothers, do not slander one another. Now, slander is actually when we speak lies and we make misrepresentations in order to damage another person or their reputation. And I'm I'm of the opinion that if we're engaged in these things, we are, in effect, not submitting to God. Because we know better. God tells us, don't speak evil. We know better. So if we engage in these things then we're not submitting to God... And I believe God has given us clear instruction. And we shouldn't rely on our better judgment. We should rely on his instruction because to know the right thing to do and not to do it is sin. That's where that scripture ends. But what a week it's been. Goodness me. I mean, it's been a week where things just flared up. One of the things that flared up was the gender violence Aspect. Man, did it flare up. I, I wasn't even really aware of it until my daughters began to show me what was being circulated on social media and how it upset them. Because all of this was going on. And it was just escalating and escalating and escalating. And on Saturday morning, then, I was watching the, the funeral of the young lady that, whose life was taken I watched that funeral, I watched the minister. He said that every man in this country should be profiled so that every woman can go and check and see, is he a rapist, is he a murderer, is he an abuser? I thought to myself, my goodness, imagine that. I wonder if we'd all pass the test here. (laughs) I hope so. But eventually it got to the point with my daughters where they said to me, no dad, it's enough now. Now they've gone to male bashing. So he has one for the boys, eh? (laughs) Male bashing. And I wanna tell you, that's not acceptable either. There are good men out there. There are men trying to follow God and trying to do the right thing. There are, and I challenge you, if you are not, that you change and bring that alignment I was speaking about. Because I believe God wants us to treat each other correctly. Now, I have the privilege of being part of a uh, complex where there are numerous units. And um, in this complex, there are two WhatsApp groups. Now, the one WhatsApp group is called the management group. And the other one is the Concerned residents Group. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going? <laughs> now, why? <laughs> anyway, on the management group, we'll be told about things that will be done at the complex and what's happening and what we need to know. On the Concerned Residence Group, Well, that's completely different. (laughs) It's unbelievable what people will put on there. And unbelievable what they will say. They will always find faults. They'll find a tiny piece of grass that's not green, photograph it, and then flash it across the entire platform and tell us how bad the gardening service is because there is a patch of green. Oh, no, not green, not green. And I mean, everybody gets so worked up. It's like, and I know some of these people, I've, I've known them for years and they're like, wah, wah. and I'm like, what is going on here? What is going on here? And then I think, no, I must get off the group because, you know, And then I think, no, but, you know, I I actually want to know this kind of, you know. (laughs) And it's, it's just unbelievable. So I've got to navigate my way through those things. And here the Bible says, do not speak evil of others. Now, some of you are laughing still. Because you know those WhatsApp groups and, and uh, the unrestrainedness that uh, sometimes happens there. The scripture goes on and now changes gears away from treating other people and it speaks about the future, tomorrow, and our plans. And so, my second point is our plans. And often we live our lives guided by our own plans, that's how we live. Now, James chapter 4, and verse 13, it says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. I mean, there's an arrogance in all of this. It's just, you can, you can read it. Now, planning is not evil. Let me just say to you, planning is not evil. It's very wise, and it's good to plan and prepare for the future. And I believe that planning is a vital part of success in life. Can you imagine building a house without a plan? Uh, Come, lovely, let's start here. (laughs) Let's see where we end up. (laughs) And by the time you get to the neighbors, they're not smiling anymore. (laughs) So I believe planning is important. However, sometimes we can feel so immortal and so in control that we can think, we can think, that things rest within our own power and ability. I felt like that as a young man. I can remember one day, being on holiday, and we were down at the coast, and there was a lagoon, and I was lying there floating in the water, and I was thinking, "This is life. It, I don't even want to go to heaven. it's so good." This is life with a capital L. Ah, ah. Lying there, mapping out my future as a young man. And I want to tell you, it didn't all go according to plan. Some of it did. It didn't all go according to plan. Now, I want to give you another illustration. The other day, I decided I'm going to see my doctor. She's a wonderful, gracious, older Christian lady and um, I decided to go and see her because I felt that it was time for me to stop my medication. Don't you think that's a good idea? <laughs> Haven't you all read on the internet about all the things you should stop doing and how you mustn't? Anyway, I, I came up with this wonderful revelation and I went to see the doctor and I sat down and I said, Doctor, I, I, I'd like to stop the medication. Hmm. So she took my blood pressure, and she looked through all the past tests she had done, and I said to her, you know, I lost a bit of weight, and I've gained a bit of weight, and I'm I'm okay now, and um, I can do without, I I don't think I need this medication anymore. I'm I'm really okay now. Hmm. She says to me, you do realize that this medication is age appropriate? <laughs> it's age appropriate. She said, "You do that's age appropriate." I said, "Well, I, I think you know it's better not to be on medication. It's better for me to be off the medication, and um, I think it, 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 it's better." And she's, she's got such a lovely way. Whenever she is not in agreement. She'll not say, no, no, I don't agree with you. She goes. Mm. <laughs> you go, mm. <laughs> she eventually says to me, she looks up and she says, I would like you to stay on the medication. Talk about male bashing, know. Eh? <laughs> and she says, what's more? Mm, I'd like you to increase the, med- the <laughs> dosage. <laughs> I'd like you to increase the dosage. I'm going, hmm mmm. <laughs> I'd like you to increase the dosage. And then she said, there are two reasons. One is, this medication is going to increase the length of your life. She said, secondly, this medication is going to increase the quality of your life. And she was silent. Maybe it's just Google something. Huh? No, so, and as I sat there, I just felt the Lord saying to me, I've given her to you to undertake and care for you. She has the calling for medicine because medicine is a calling. She has the calling for medicine. She knows. I dropped my head for a moment and I, Picked it up and I said, doctor, I've heard you and I will comply with your request. So she went, that's the best. And I left. But you see how our own plans go. I know it's a crazy example, but we get these things in our heads and we think, ah, we don't need that. Our own plans. And so I want to encourage you that you learn to trust God more. Do the wise thing. Don't always follow your own plans. Give room for the Holy Spirit to speak. And don't go with what seems good to you. And is not really good to him. The third thing I see out of the scripture is that life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. Now, today you were expecting a very good looking tanned bohemian man (laughs) standing here. And you got me. The bohemian man is in the Bahamas. (laughs) And as God would have it, one of the worst hurricanes in living memory crossed over that tiny piece of real estate, as God would have it. We thought it was going to go crashing into America and all over the place. It didn't happen. It only hit the Bahamas, where the guest speaker was due to come from. And sometimes in life, it's unpredictable. I remember years ago in our church, the church had grown and the Holy Spirit had just done wonderful things. And the church had grown under my father's leadership. And it came to the point where we felt we needed to do strategic planning. Strategic. Why don't you just say that after me, Strategic planning. Oh. Ooh. Now I'm not against planning. Please just know that. Okay. We called in a facilitator to help us put our strategic planning together. And we spent hours, and we were exhausted. The best part was the food in between, and we were just so <laughs> busy, and we had, in those days, whiteboards, and you wrote furiously, and turned the page, and somebody was busy typing and printing it out, and it was, and we were really getting organized, you know, and we even went through a SWOT analysis, I mean, I don't know, if any of you heard of that? <laughs> You've have. You've heard of it. It's when you go and analyse your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats, and we did all of this, and we planned for every eventuality. And eventually, it was finished, and we were we were, uh, we were relieved. <laughs> to tell you the truth, we were relieved. But it was all done, splashed up on the walls, and then about a year or two later, my father died. It was never part of our SWOT analysis. It was never part of the mission or the vision or the goal. Do you know that most of that has gone to the annals of history? It doesn't even exist anymore because life is unpredictable. And that's why we need God so much. It says in James 4 and verse 14, it says, You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You see, a plan is very specific, but you don't know what tomorrow will hold. Tomorrow is unknown. Next year could even be more unknown. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do do not know what the day will bring. The fourth point I see is that God's plans for us are always the best. God's plans for us are always the best. Now, I don't know whether Joseph really was appreciative of God's plan when he was thrown into the pit and sold into slavery. And sometimes, en route to the fulfillment, here in the central section, we may wonder, but God's plans are still the best. So, if you're going through a bit of a hardship, just know that God's plans are always the best. And we must pursue God's plans, his plans, and have them in place in our lives. But again, we we must do it in humility. It says in James 4 verse 15, instead you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live. And do this or that if it is god's will those are god's plans and i want to tell you that that you can have confidence in god's plans in jeremiah 29:11 it says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future so you can have confidence in god's plans you can have security Amidst all the insecurity of life, because God is still in control, God has a plan, and he will work all things out for good. So you can rest in that. The fifth point I see is that life is short. Even if you live long, life is short. Not sure who was laughing there. James 4 verse 14 says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Now is the only thing that we can be sure of. Isn't it strange how in our homes we keep special things? Ladies, maybe here today you keep special things. What do you keep the special things for? special moments. Do you know those moments are coming? Well, I have the privilege in my house, I have my grandmother's wedding tea set. My grandmother's wedding tea set in my home. And it is in mint condition. Do you know why it's in mint condition? because the people who should have used it are dead. (laughs) And now I'm too scared to use it. (laughs) Because they tell me it's an investment. It's become decor art. (laughs) I'm so glad it only happens in my house. (laughs) Life is short. Use. Enjoy. Take the time God has given you and enjoy it. James 4 verse 14 in another translation says the following. It says, what is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. It's actually quite scary, eh? My mother's name, you call her Pal, but her name is actually Eleanor. And when she was a child, they used to call her Eleanor Capalinor (laughs) Castixtix Palinor. That's what you call gender-based violence. (laughs) Back in the day. So out of that came the name Pally, and then it became Pal. And my mother often jokes with us and says, one day it'll just be... Well, it's scriptural. (laughs) Life is short. God is good. And the purpose is to learn, to trust, and depend on Him at all times, in all situations. Point number six, learn to depend on the Lord. Don't wait until things are difficult. Learn to depend on Him now. The greatest importance is that we learn to depend on the Lord. Years ago, there was a series done called Desperate Dependence. And it encouraged us to be desperately dependent on God. And as Christians, we cannot live independently of the Lord. Our plans cannot ignore Him. And don't plan your life without Him. Young people, you're sitting here looking at me under the shadow of your eyebrows. <laughs> you will need God Get hold of him now. Don't plan your whole life without him. It's a sign that you don't trust him. If you plan him out of your life, you can't depend on him. You see, there are certain things my children don't need to worry about because they know I will take care of them. It's the same with God. There are certain things you don't need to worry about. He'll take care of those things. But we need to have faith like a child. And we need to declare, I'm going to trust the Lord. And my question is, do you have faith in your heavenly Father? My last point, I've just entitled, Endeavoring to do the right thing. The last verse in verse 17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin to them. It's quite a harsh verse. But I want to suggest two things today that you can take home and that you can make your own. Two right things that if you do, will bless you. One is treat other people properly. It doesn't matter which WhatsApp group you're on. (laughs) Treat other people properly. I'm reminded of this passage, it says, not a scripture. Somebody wrote it. I shall pass this way but once. Any good that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer nor neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. You have a window, an opportunity. Secondly, so the first thing is treat people properly. Secondly, trust the Lord and learn dependence on Him. Years ago, David Meese wrote a song. David Meese was a child prodigy, outstanding musician. And he wrote a song called Learning to Trust. And they've got beautiful words. And I just wanted to read some of them to you as we close. That's why I'm learning to trust in you. In everything I do, I'm learning to trust in you. Because I know in my heart that you're true. I'm learning to trust in you. But sometimes it's so hard to do. That's why I am learning to trust in you. In everything I do, I am learning to trust in you. One last scripture before I pray for you. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through to 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge or submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we declare today, Lord, that we have heard you speak. One, we'll be careful how we treat others. Two, we will endeavor to trust you more, to depend on you more. We realize life is brief, Lord. We realize there are no guarantees, and you are our only guarantee. And so we look to you, and we we place our hand in your hand today. And we ask, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, show us the way to go, direct us, Let our lives be a blessing because of the kindness we show. And may our lives make a difference. May we be light and salt to those around us. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing on your people. I say, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord help you to teach, to help and teach you how to trust and depend on him even more. May the Lord help and teach you how to show kindness, and not speak evil. And may the Lord bring life to your body and life to your bones. And may you live with hope because we serve a great God in whom we can have great confidence. And so we ask for that today in Jesus' precious name. And we all say together, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.